Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that, but you're not going to do it anyway. So, go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Rack, I'm Sal. I'm Tiffany. Normally we talk about comic books on this show, but sometimes they make a comic book movie, and then we gotta talk about that too. Uh, we also like to talk about these movies. I used to actually start uh, talking about things professionally, or at least critically, with movies. Yeah. And then I went into comics, my first love, uh, before you of course. Oh, well thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Comics came first, and, they, and they'll be there long after. You were going to say, and they always and will. And they always will be. That's fair. Oh. So we're talking about Into the Spider-Verse. So we're talking about Into the Spider-Verse. It is a huge Sony Spider-Man release. Yep. Uh, and so we're going to talk about it. We saw it. And yeah. I'm really excited about it, because now, I mean, we actually could have talked about it a couple days ago. I know. I really hope I remember everything. I know. We will. We'll be fine. Because we'll a little early, so right, yeah, and not because we're not special. That, no, not at all. It just was randomly available a week early at our theater, we're so like, we saw it. Okay, and I was like, man, we should record that like right then, and we didn't, so here we are. So it's happening now. But before we do, we wanted to throw this out to our sponsor of today's episode, mm-hmm. Audible, who you probably know as a great service for you to get audiobooks and other mm-hmm. kinds of great audio-related media. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about them for a minute. Listening to audiobooks, let's face it, it inspires us, it motivates us, it brings us closer together, and there's no better place to listen than Audible. Get your first audiobook free along with two selected Audible original titles and exclusive fitness programs when you start a 30-day trial. You just visit audible.com slash comic pop or text comic pop to 500 500 to get started. It's also in the description below this video, so if you go there, you'll also find it. Yeah, so go, go down there and check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh... So, yeah, uh, I'm actually really excited to talk about this because not only do I like Audible, but I use it. Oh. And uh, it's a great time to use it. Actually, any time is a great time to use Audible. But mm-hmm. the reason why I mention now is so great, and of course you know this as well, is because you can get a bunch of really great things available through Audible, for example. One of the things that I really enjoy, and I know you do as well, is there is a uh, Christmas Carol version on Audible narrated by Sir Patrick Stewart. Yes. And it is enchanting. If you know if you've ever if you've never heard Patrick Stewart's rendition of Scrooge, you got to get it. Yeah. Especially now during the holidays, mm-hmm. it's just a treat for the ears. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and there's a number of authors that you are a big fan of as well. I'll let you talk now. Oh, thank you. Um, no, and uh, you've heard me talk about it before, but of course, uh, Neil Gaiman has a vast library of 
many of his books available on Audible, books that have been comic books and books that have not been comic books. Yes. Um, but you can go check it out. Even his most recent uh, publishing or book, I suppose, uh, about Norse mythology. Yes, yes it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you want to check it out, check the description below this video. But you can also just go to audible.com slash comic pop, or you can text 500-500 and send them a message that just says comic pop, and you can get it for six ninety five for the first three months. Wow. I know. It's not a bad uh, it's not a bad deal. Really good. Yeah. I agree. It's, I'm, I'm flabbergasted my own self. Right. But uh, check out Audible uh, and go over to audible.com slash comic pop right. or text comic pop to 500-500 to get uh, a great service and uh, for a great deal. Absolutely. And by the way, you can also, you, you can gift it. Oh. You don't have to use it for yourself. Right. Let's say you already have it, uh-huh. but you know that everybody else needs it. You could give it as a gift this holiday season. Oh, that's a nice idea. By the way, a really nice thing about Audible, just before we go, yeah. is that you keep what you buy. It's like the necromonger way. <laughs> uh, you When you get Audible... Uh, and you download your, your audiobook or yeah. your fitness program or whatever it is, you keep it. That's yours. Yes. And you can download it on any device, right. regardless of where it came from, jobs or otherwise, and, uh, and, you, can, and you can keep it. And, you, and you, It's not like renting. You know what right, I mean? Where, like, right. you, there's some kind of weird code in it, and you can't keep the name That's thing. great. And you can also listen to it on your Alexa. You can. So you can just have her. I'm really glad we don't have book. her in the studio right now because she would have responded immediately. I know. I said that very clearly. So it's she true. Would have... <laughs> she would have definitely picked up on it. But yeah, you can listen to her on the Alexa app. Yeah. And that's really cool. So check out audible.com slash comic pop and uh, text comic pop to 500 500 if you want to if you want to text it. Kind of neat. I like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So on with the show, Ooh, shall we? Let's do it. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse came out this month. It was directed by three different people: uh, yes. Bob Burchetti, Burchetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. Uh, I have been kind of cautiously anticipating this this movie right. for a while. Uh, ever since they announced, like, a, it'll kind of prominently feature Miles Morales, mm-hmm. and b. You know, it'll be about multiple spider people. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I think Sony might actually have something on their hands here. Yeah. And indeed, I think ultimately they did. Yeah. They actually managed to, you know, if you wanted the quickie, the, the, the quick and dirty version of this review, for me, mm-hmm. I think they succeeded. I think it's actually a really, really good movie, and I really enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, I agree. All right? All right. Well, thanks a lot for watching, everybody. Yeah, we'll see you guys fun. next week. No, it, it, okay. So, um... There, there's a bunch of people who also wrote this movie. I think it's, I think Phil Lord gets the main credit, but like, okay. there's a bunch of different people who worked on it as well. Okay, that, can... I, that I didn't catch. I only noticed the uh, the directors. When, right. When the yeah, credits... the multiple directors. Yeah. Uh, now you were a little critical of it, and I shared your criticism <laughs> yeah. regarding the three directors and regarding the the three segments of the movie because the movie really is like three parts. It kind of is. And here's the thing: I have I have no idea how the directing of this film went down. I have zero insider information. So when you let's... have three directors, you have to assume it's not like they're all working together and they're just Look, like shaking hands I don't, maybe and, they are i don't like, know oh this is a great shot what do you think second direct i don't think so i, I think... don't know all i'm saying is like I'm just, i want you to know my level of knowledge before somebody shows up and starts screaming at me right well hey maybe one of the three directors will pop uh, in and explain hey, it to us welcome um <laughs> but um my issue was just early on in the film like i want to say like the first quarter yeah of the film i was like i found myself being like the pacing of this is incorrect it felt right. like it, it was yeah because i it was hitting beats and checking boxes yeah that like, clearly needed to be done for story reasons right. and and i enjoyed like some of the character development but the way in which it was presented to us i was like 
something's off and I found myself bored at times, which I was like, I really shouldn't be because they're giving me this backstory that I'm interested in, right. especially because I know they're taking like they're taking a version of Miles and right. altering it, so I want to see what the differences are. And I liked what they did with him. Yes. It's just that first quarter of the movie, it was just like, I don't know, there's something about it. And then we get over this hump. And then the movie just completely like, takes off. Okay, this is paced better. I agree. And I think it definitely has something to do with the direction. I think there is some mm-hmm. kind of weird choice. And it's also interesting because it's it's also the time in the movie where the animation is its most like deliberately choppy. It's the Spider-Verse version of the animation, which right. apparently Sony is now trying to patent. Okay. That their style of animation, what sure. they did with, I'm like, feel free, go, for go it. get your money. Well, it's like I and like here's the thing, I'm all for stylized animation and people trying totally. new things, and like I I really enjoy various types of like animation, mm-hmm. like either traditional or digital. Um, it was just it was just a little like it was a little it was a little like it was re it, it was, was very stylized to the point where it was almost like distracting. That's what I was gonna say. I think I felt like at times at the very beginning it distracted from what was going on and what I needed to be paying attention to which might have added to that pacing issue Um, but then later on it seemed to have like kind of evened out not that it went away entirely and I do wonder if part of it was just getting used to it or part of it was just that they backed off a little bit yeah I don't know if my eyes adjusted to the animation or if it really did just kind of like yeah soften a little bit better I think once they introduced the, the other spider people the animation completely like shifted because everyone else had their own animation style anyway. That's, that is true. That is so they were true. like, okay, well, what's the main animation though? And it was kind of like, oh, well, let's 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 scale it back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I think that regardless, because like you said, that first fourth, I felt very similarly. I was like watching the movie, like I I technically like it. Yes. But I'm feeling not connected to it. That's really what it was. Yeah. It was just that I couldn't connect with the material and i know the material is doing everything right Right. so where is the failure and it was i think in the direction but like and once again i don't think it was bad i just think that first part was just kind of like hard to connect to no i'm sure a lot of people would argue with that because i'm sure you know because it speaks i was like this is a very specific style and it's doing something and i think it's really cool that it's doing it and i think there's it's going to speak to a lot of people like i guarantee you there's a huge subset of people who like Saw that first quarter and we're like, oh my god, I've never seen a movie like this. I want this. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I, I feel like it was a structural problem, if, if anything else. Yeah, like I, I think it, less of it that my issue with it rests on the animation and just with the way in which they delivered some of that early information. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of things I found charming. Like I really enjoyed uh, Miles' interaction with his family, oh, yeah. like getting to know him, yeah, getting to know to... the world that he lives in. Like I enjoyed what they were trying to do mm-hmm. but i just didn't care for that first like delivery of it yeah if, if that makes sense because i remember seeing the trailer and when they introduced jefferson davis uh miles's father yeah all that stuff is really really tight it's yes. great it's it's it, it pops it's beautiful it's fun you're like oh dad and son it's so cute mm-hmm. um you even got a little bit of his mom and miles and like how she's kissing him on the front step and you're like oh that's really sweet when it was actually in the movie i was like i i recognize technically that I like what's happening but mm-hmm. again it was just kind of like what like why why is this scene here why isn't it here like you know it's it was yeah, weird yeah yeah like there was a lot of that like even when we initially meet like Spider-Man of that world Peter Parker like we're introduced to that and then we jump someplace else and I'm like we should have started with Miles right and I know they're doing the thing where you're like oh it's Spider-Man we're twisting the you script think, yeah, right like, yeah, you're no. like oh god that's a protagonist there's no way you thought that going into this <laughs> yeah. simply because of the trailers and the posters so like well and the way the movie's structured there's no way that like 
You know it's... You are expected to think that Peter Parker... This is spoilers for the movie, of course, by the way, so if you don't want to be spoiled, you know... Plug your ears. Plug your ears or go see the movie, because everyone else has. I'll just uh, do this but, until he's done, yeah. and then you'll know. But um, there's no way you don't know Peter Parker dies in this movie, and or you don't know that he gets out of the way of Miles to be the protagonist. So, like, f- for you to try and bait and switch us at that point, it was like, why bother? Yeah, that's exactly it. I felt like the... I. I I 100% agree. I just definitely think that they should have started with Miles. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because Miles is so strong. And yeah. honestly, I almost think he might be stronger in this movie than he was when he was first introduced in Ultimate Comics. Interesting. I really do. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, Shamik Moore did a great job infusing well, really, character. Really, really did. We'll get into the voice cast in yeah, a minute. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't okay. want to like okay. jump yeah, the yeah, gun. No. I'm sorry. sorry. But uh, but yeah, uh, like you said, when we get to like act two of the movie, it completely soars. Mm-hmm. Um I th- and I think part of that was introducing Peter B. Parker. Of course, the B, by the way, stands for Benjamin. He's named after Uncle Ben. Ah, um, interesting. But, and that's, that's canon. That's in the comics. So it's right. not, like, weird. It was, it's not like a subtle way to say, like, timeline B. Right. Even though it kind of it is. It is, right. It's true. Um, but it's absolutely... Uh, I loved that inclusion of that version of Peter Parker. Um, it's funny, because in the trailers, I remember being, like, really, really put off by Jake Johnson's portrayal. I was like, that's not Spider-Man's voice. Like, I just straight up was like, I don't like this. Yeah. And I also wasn't sure how to parse how he was behaving in the trailers versus how he was reacting to Miles. And I'm like, what's happening? Right. Finally, in the movie, when you get into the structure, it's actually really, really great. And I loved Johnson's portrayal of, like, a early 30s loser Spider-Man. Right. Who also, by the way, like... Can we get into like just the portrayals of that of Peter Parker before we get because like there's two Peter Parkers you yes. got Peter Parker A yeah. who is played by Chris Pine right who, from... who actually his voice I didn't care for as Peter Parker no I wasn't a huge fan of it I I got what they were doing though yeah it's not like he was bad I just I it's not for, Peter Parker it wasn't for me but you know what it was it was it, it, you needed to hear heroic heroic capable and like you needed to know even like subconsciously that he's like gorgeous and awesome he's doing terrific he's a heroic handsome successful blonde spider-man yeah and i don't know (laughs) if that's like a ben riley joke that like he dyes his hair blonde or something but either way they're just like it's chris pine you're supposed to get winner from that and you do and seeing I don't care about that Spider-Man. Like, he's so successful and he's like... And they made a lot of jabs at the Sony version of Spider-Man with, like, all the, like, dancing and Spider-Man yeah, 3 references. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty pretty fun. And, and maybe that was part of it. I was like, what What are we doing? Right, what are you doing? What? And you could tell, like, they... Almost like maybe they were gonna cast Tobey Maguire or something as him. Oh, like, my Let's do God, that. No. I'm glad they didn't, by the Me way. Tobey Maguire is one of my least Spider-Man favorites. Uh, but in any case, uh, the, the Peter B. Parker by Jake Johnson... He, he, when you know, like, he's he's the Peter who, like, made bad choices. Or at the very least, the Peter who's, like, who is everything you expect, but, like, things got harder. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, you know, his 30s were just a little rougher than, he sh- than they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, he loses Aunt May. He loses Mary Jane. Like, he loses kind of everything. And then, but he's still Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he's still gone through all these things, and he's still really capable. Like, he could be Spider-Man with his eyes closed. Yeah. But, like, that's not the problem. Right, right. He's also an older Spider-Man than, like, Chris Pine Spider-Man. Exactly. You know, and he's had, he's got more experience regardless of um, having let himself go a little bit. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. But uh, overall, that version of Spider-Man, the Peter B. Parker, Jake Johnson Spider-Man. Yeah. Easily one of my favorite on-screen portrayals of Spider-Man since Tom Holland. I love okay. Tom Holland. That's my, that's my live-action Spider-Man now. Yeah. Um, but... Man, I could watch 
a bunch of movies starring mm-hmm. Peter B. Parker. Right. As Jake Johnson just like just fixing his life or screwing things up or or training Miles. All the sequences between uh, Peter B. Parker and Miles are, are gold. Yes. No, they really, really are. And, you know, I liked it because like I know occasionally uh, in terms of voice acting that I'm no expert on this by any means. I know that occasionally they had the actors in the studio together. Right. And it seemed like uh, Shameik and Jake really played off of each other really well. I mean, Shameik held his own. Yes, you know? absolutely. You like, could ex- you would expect, like, you know, he's supposed to be playing the younger character. He's yeah. the He's the, you know, he's the hero, kind of, because he's going through, like, the Campbellian, like, journey. Oh, Peter's the sage. Yeah. Uh, but, like, he's also kind of, it, it would be easy for him to fade into the background when you have such a big personality like Peter Parker mm-hmm. and all the other spider people. Right. But Shmeek Moore really infuses character mm-hmm. and you like care and believe in that character. Yeah. At, such that uh, even though he doesn't go through like too much misery, you know, we get a little bit of Spider-Man pathos, but like he doesn't go through too much hardship. Yeah. You're still like, I'm rooting for you. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. He's young, he's new to this. He's got plenty of time to have that Spider-Man bad luck. Yeah, he um, did lose his uncle. I was going to say, he d- well, he, not only does he lose his uncle, but he, he thinks that this person who understands him the most turns out to be, like, a villain. Yes. And I mean, like, not just, like, in quotes a villain. I mean, a legitimate Literal costume villain. and everything. Yeah. By the way, in costume, like, in comics, in canon. Yeah. I loved that you didn't know that. I, I didn't. Well, I didn't know who he was. Right. I knew he was a villain. Yeah. And I just could You didn't not... know it was Prowler. No. I was like, I know his uncle is a villain. Don't know which one. And right. when I saw that, when I saw the Prowler, I was unfamiliar with him as well. Yeah. So, like, that was a perfect storm of just, there's no way I could put yeah. these Yeah, but when that happened, together. I remember hearing you in the movie, I'm like, hee she really didn't, like, <laughs> she didn't know. She was surprised. Because for me, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This is really going well. And I like this version of Prowler, and it's a really cool costume. Right. And, oh, I see that he's, like, a subcontracted villain for, for Kingpin and everything. Yeah. Really, really cool idea. Uh, and it was just, it was just really well executed. Yeah, and um, Uncle Aaron, who's played by, and I, I'm, like, terrified to try to take a stab at saying his uh, name. Meyer Shala? Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's incredible. I yeah. think he's also in Luke Cage, right? He plays... Um, he plays Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth, and he is just phenomenal yeah he's great he's just a great actor overall but he really does give uncle aaron like some legitimacy and makes him like a really believable character yeah it's very well-rounded three-dimensional yeah everybody there's almost everybody has a really really great character in this movie and like like for example um aunt may is in this movie and she is a character Mm -hmm. and i like her portrayal but she's played by lily tomlin yeah i was not a fan I was fine with it simply um, because of the fact that again she's she's a little older. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, I mean like, like I I, is... I love her her portray- I love the character and what she does and that like and voice. that version of Aunt May. I'm like this is a neat idea, like yeah. an Alfred Aunt May kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but li- I don't I don't know if I was a big fan of Lily Tomlin. I didn't mind it, and I actually didn't even realize it was her until we like looked at the cast list, and I was like, oh. Yeah. For me, I'm like, it could have been somebody else, but I, I can't for the life of me think of somebody else who would have done a better job. I really didn't have a problem with it. I think she did a very nice job of being like a, of capturing a warmth and like you know like motherly like sort yeah of no vibe, I mean, but at the same time being serious and 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 harder. You yeah. Know, like like she's I got I got business to take care of here. Yeah. Um, we yeah, didn't. My... <laughs> <laughs> my like, boy is gone. My boy is gone, and like you know, here you like got who you guys are, and yeah. like at the end of the day, like I'm not upset that you're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't. It's interesting because this is a Spider-Man movie. Uh, you'd expect there to be a lot of like melodrama mm-hmm. and like you know maudlin stuff going on. Uh, yet 
there are the, 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 you know, those boxes that you check, you know, mm-hmm. like you get lost, you get sadness, but like when it is approached, you get that like they acknowledge it, but then they don't dwell in it. No, it's true. You know, like Peter Parker from an alternate universe goes to meet up with Aunt May. Both of them have lost their own people. Like Aunt May of yeah. our prime Miles universe lost her Peter. In his universe, he loses Aunt May. Yeah. And so yeah. the both of them kind of like fill each other's void for a minute, but right. like we don't spend any time in that no, experience. No, and I really actually appreciate that. And again, yeah. this is probably we're getting into spoilers a little bit, so just the whole thing's be gonna wary, be, be wary. Um, but I'm just, I mean, like this is definitely a little bit more of look. We've kind of already did it anyway, but like mm-hmm. I appreciate that they didn't go into it too much because it doesn't take away from Miles losing his uncle Aaron exactly. because that is the most important moment. It's true. For yeah, our like, protagonist. Yeah. It, if you look at the movie superficially, the mm-hmm. movie's about Miles. Mm-hmm. So as a result, like, if we spent all this time talking, like, because we know the audience knows the relationship of Peter and Aunt May, mm-hmm. even though we haven't really established it in the context of the movie, mm-hmm. it would be a disservice to those characters. So you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, no, I, I really like that because, like, honestly, like, that, like, I loved Miles' relationship with everybody in this movie. Yeah. I loved it with his dad. I loved it a little bit we get with his mom, with, with Peter B. Parker, mm-hmm. with everybody. But I loved it the most with Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Because of the way that that story is told. And again, I wish the beginning of the movie had been a little stronger. Yeah. But, like, seeing how much Aaron really cares about Miles. Yes. And, like... There's no, there's no, like, deception except for what he does for a living. Yeah, exactly. The relationship is genuine. Yes. Like, and he values Miles' creativity, but he also values Miles' education. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, he's just, like... He assumes his his brother is going about it the wrong right, way. Right, but he's not grooming Miles to take up his no, life. No, 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 no. He's just like, dude, you got to be creative. You got to let off steam. But yeah. like, you still got to go hit the books, man. Like, exactly. Because like, you're you're the best of us, right? In a sense, and no, like, so true. you get like a true like compassion from him. Agreed. And then when Miles finds out mm-hmm. who he is, like, that's so like heartbreaking. Yeah, but again, he doesn't like spend all, the whole movie in it. No. He's not trying to avenge his uncle like we've seen before in Spider-Man movies. Right. Uh, it doesn't haunt him the way Uncle Ben's murder uh, does for Peter. Like Peter right. is like defined by the loss of Uncle Ben. Right. Miles is like motivated to do better as a result. Right. Of it. And like it's it's funny because like Miles is given the opportunity to follow the Peter Parker like revenge or oh, like yeah. you know being haunted by a path and it doesn't end up going that way cuz his father, of course, comes upon his uncle, and he sees Spider-Man. Yep, he and so, immediately like, jumps to a coup. Right, but by the end of the film, that resolves itself in such a way that, like, they can, like, care and like for one another as Miles and his father. Right. But, like, Spider-Man isn't, like, he... His dad's a, a detective or a cop, at the mm-hmm. very least. He's able to figure it out. Right, Like, yeah. we treat him with the intelligence he deserves. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and we're not, like, just trying to ape off of cheap and easy melodrama. Yeah. We're not going to be like, oh, let's manufacture the whole, like, resentment of Spider-Man, and I hate him because he killed my brother. Like, right. no. No, we establish, like, his, like, uh, idea or, like, uh, opinion, I should say. His opinion of Spider-Man early on, just mm-hmm. being like, I'm a, I'm a cop. Right. And like, yeah, he's a vigilante. I don't care if everyone loves him and he always swings in front of a conveniently billowing American flag. Yeah. I'm the hero. Well, like, it's not even just I'm the, the hero. job is, is mine. Yeah, like, like, we're out there, we're doing our job, yeah. and, like, you know, he's just swinging around doing whatever he pleases, and I'm not, I don't care for that. Yeah. And by the end, to see him supporting 
this new Spider-Man mm-hmm. that he doesn't necessarily... I mean, maybe he does, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't At know how point, he could possibly miss it, but, like... I think by the end, like, by the very end, he must know. Yeah. Um, but at that point, to see him supporting Spider-Man, I love that turn, because it's, like, it's growth for that character without beating you over the head. Yeah. Like, we don't need to have a moment where, like, he's like, oh, he's a bad guy, and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and, like, I'm gonna wage war, blah, blah, nope. blah, blah, blah. No, we no. just... He has a... He has a, a character-building moment that lets the audience be again intelligent enough yeah. to be like oh look look at him look at you following right. without having to be like here's the sign of what's no. happening yeah, it's, <laughs> it's an oddly subtle movie that also features a cartoon pig version of spider-man yeah um let's talk about all the spider-man that <laughs> okay. appear in this movie uh who was your favorite spider-man uh, out of the alternates not like miles versus peter i'm just talking about penny uh noir uh, and uh, and ham oh, and gwen and gwen uh noir yeah <laughs> Nicholas Cage playing Spider-Man Noir. Um, clearly, you know, just to, just like they they were like, we don't know who anyone could play him, and we yeah. know that Nick was gonna do a great job. He he really does. It's cute. It's he's, fun. He's per- he's the perfect amount of Nick Cage in that movie. He's not swinging from the fences, but like he's going for it. Like yeah, he owns he's it. like giving it a character. He's, it's very, I don't know if I want to see an entire Spider-Man Noir film. Not the not that version. Of no, him. no, not not the Nick Cage version. I like I wouldn't mind seeing a regular Spider-Man Noir film. Totally. Um, but not that version, because the reason he works so well is being surrounded by these characters who are a little more grounded. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they are not in a Pulp Fiction novel. Yeah, when he shows up and the wind is blowing, and they're like, Where, where's, where's that wind coming from? <laughs> oh, is, it really worked. Um, that being said, I didn't feel like any of them were like tacked on or annoying. I did feel like they didn't really give much to do for Penny Parker. No, 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 no. Penny Parker was just kind of there... We're just, like, showing, look at the menagerie of spider characters. We yeah. could have done this the other thing, but, like, let's get another female Spider-Man in there yeah. who isn't his daughter. Because we're already trying to do the whole, like, because the idea is that, like, Peter B. Parker kind of, like, screws up his marriage with Mary Jane because Mary Jane wants kids and he doesn't. Yeah. So, like, we need to have Peter and Miles learn lessons. Yep. Peter's lesson is maybe he actually wants kids through his tutelage of Miles. Yeah. If we introduced a female Spider-Girl who was all, who's not Gwen... But it was like Peter's kid. Yeah, that would be it. Would be a cheat. Yeah, and it wouldn't work. Exactly. And it, narratively, so I'm glad they picked Penny. Yeah, because she's actually in the comics. She was created for Spider Verse, mm-hmm. which is ironic because the books, and the movie's called Spider Verse. Right. And I liked that they were like, oh, and we'll also play with animation. We'll, well make her an anime type. Yeah, and version. there's that. I think there's also like something to the idea of them showing with this character. The variety of Spider-Man that exists yes. in the Spider-Man. It's not mythos. all Peter Parker. Well, it's not even just that. It's not all like your standard like bit by a spider or whatever, mm-hmm. and like you can like have web swinging and all that stuff, and like yeah. Sometimes it's like a it's... sentient spider that lives in the side of a mech robot. Exactly. Sometimes it's that. You yeah, know? from the future. It happens. I was so concerned about that spider's life. Oh, I know. That movie. I know. That <laughs> I was, was like, that was actual oh stress, God. legit stress. Um, I, I also really loved Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. I yeah. think she did a great job. She uh, really did. I was surprised, but also relieved that they didn't get into the the, the Gwen Stacy stuff right. with Peter B. Parker. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was really, I was, I've, I've been wondering for a while what they were going to do with Haley Steinfeld because she played uh, the the girl in True Grit. 
Oh, yeah, she did. And I was like, she's so good. She is. And I haven't seen her in, like, anything else. I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff, but, like, hearing her play Gwen Stacy and doing something else entirely. Yeah. And infusing it with character, and I I just, I I bought it. Yeah, no, absolutely. What I appreciate it, again, because this isn't a Peter Parker movie. Yes. We don't, like you said, we don't deal with the Gwen Stacy stuff. We also, it's not a Spider-Gwen movie. So, like, she references the fact that her friend dies, but she never says who it is, and we never deal with that. No, we know who it is. Well, she doesn't, like... She says it in her opening, um, like, her, like, all right, one more time. Yes. She says it in that. And so we, as the audience, who may not be familiar with this character, which was smart on their part. Yes. Um, now know. But again, it's Miles' story. Yeah. So she can deal with it on her own. She gets to see Peter again. Mm-hmm. And, like, see the man he might have become. <laughs> yeah. Which is a little disappointing for her. But mm-hmm. at the end, it's not. Right. Um, but I think that that's so smart to do. Agreed. You know, like, we get snippets of these people. We, we see the fact that maybe this is an opportunity for them to like resolve some of their own issues and maybe they do it on their own. Yeah. But you know what? This is Miles like time to shine. Right. No, totally. Uh I think out of all of them we'll probably see a Spider-Gwen movie at some point cuz she did such a good job and yeah. the, the suit I, looks this, so good. I would film. hope so. I'm afraid that that people are going to be like Nicolas Cage is amazing. Spider-Man War. It's like duh. Just okay. you know what you do? Too short. Do a short. <laughs> you make Spider-Man noir shorts that happen in all the other spin-off movies. Right, or like they come, like you do a Pixar and you do a Spider-Man short before all the other animated Spider-Man movies. Yeah. And you just get a little taste of Spider-Man noir occasionally. Yes. Because he works be, the small doses. I'm really happy does. with that. Uh, similarly, Spider-Ham. Uh, you know, I've never been a fan of Spider-Ham. I know you haven't. I, I appreciated that it was part of a joke that they made like yeah. 30 years ago. Um, and I like his character, surprisingly enough in the spider-verse comic um but uh, and what they did with him subsequently afterwards mm-hmm. um i was legitimately fearful for his life actually in the comics oh. uh, and in the cartoon uh in the movie that is yeah. uh i felt like it was just an opportunity for john mulaney to be funny and yeah. i love john mulaney i think he's one of the best comedians like coming out right now mm-hmm. uh and i think that there's no mistaking that based on his casting in this mm-hmm. movie there's no way they were just like get john mulaney right like because we need to get John Mulaney in the movie. Right. They didn't pick him because he was right for the role. They just picked John Mulaney because John Right. Mulaney. And for me, I could have taken or leaving, or left that character behind. Like, yeah. Um, you know, they want to have... They wanted to do that. And like, you know what? It was a neat idea. And his animation, of course, set against all the other animations sure. was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was actually, I think, almost more wasted than Penny. Because Penny at least, like, looked really cool and got to do some cool things. Spider-Ham was literally just, like, every joke you could possibly make about Spider-Ham yeah. being in this context. Yeah, um, no, it's true. And and it's funny because there were a couple of jokes in this movie that when we saw it didn't land at all. In the theater. In the theater. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them belonged to Spider-Ham. <laughs> yeah. Literally, every time he said anything... Just a stony silence from the yeah, theater. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, we saw the movie and there was all ages. Yeah, there. all ages there. There were kids, like, crying. Like, literal, like, like almost, like, two. Yeah. But there were also, you know, a couple ten-year-olds, a couple of, like, yeah, adults. There, it was, like, a, very, a variety uh, yeah. of range. And, like, it just didn't Just, hit. he didn't land with anybody. Yeah. Um, I don't think he detracted from the movie. No! And, like, so, like... No, they I, didn't overdo it. They didn't overdo it. I just, you know... I would have been interested to see a different character, possibly. I can't think of anything off the top of my I head. I can, and he appeared at the end of the movie. You're going to have to refresh my memory. The very end of the movie, there's a post credit scene. If you didn't like stick around, oh, yeah. you need to, because it's really, <laughs> really funny. Yeah. Um, I would have taken either version. I would have taken the 1967 animated Spider-Man. Yes. Who had a really, really deep voice. I remember watching that show when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 
from 1967. I'm just saying, like, we used to have tapes of it. But uh, that version of Spider-Man had, like, this really weirdly deep voice, and he said inane yes. things. And oh God. Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099. Oh, my God. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it, I guess in that instance, uh, 1967 would have fit better for what they were trying to do. For what they were trying to do. To do. Um, yeah, because Miguel that, would have been capable and would have, like, solved the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I'm glad they didn't do that. But I also am yeah. glad they saved him for the thing, because, like, listen, I want to see more Miguel. I want to see more of, like, this animation and what they were able to accomplish mm-hmm. in Gwen's universe mm-hmm. and in Nueva York for, for Miguel. Yeah. Those, I, those just look so good. Right? I gotta tell you, when they were, like, when we see Gwen's universe... That, like, effect they did to match the covers yes. was spectacular. That's right. I was like, like, I don't know why that, like, the, the whole movie was very lovely. And, like, there was, like, so many fun things that they did. Yeah. But that in particular. That's like, right. That, when like, she's in her universe, you're like, oh, this looks That, like, good. blew me away. I but was that, like. That's, that's the appeal of her comic. Like, her comic is oh, Rodriguez's yeah. art. But it was also, like, a, it was a random detail that was so like unexpected because it was something that was such a like not even a deep dive but it's just like somebody cared enough to yeah to be like let's make it her comic like like, look like that right i just i didn't expect that no and it was interesting how much attention to detail there was when they were like when they would drop the comic book down it was like it was easy for them to be able to it would have been easy for them to just do that and it Mm -hmm. would have appeased the you know hardcore fans but then to make their universes reflect the actual comic they came from yeah it's great can, can we talk about, like, that you mentioned comic books. Yeah. Um, so, in Miles' universe, there was a Spider-Man comic. Right. And I don't know how I felt about that. I felt like we really didn't need it. Like, at all. Yeah. It was like, a weird detail that just didn't need to be there. If you're not familiar, or if you didn't see the movie and you just don't care about spoilers, there's a moment in the movie, there's a couple moments, actually, in the movie, where Miles will pull up, pick up a in-universe Spider-Man comic that, like, I guess is endorsed by the Spider-Man of that universe mm-hmm. that showcases his adventures. But it also shows him outside the mask and yeah. he looks and is Peter Parker. That being said, of course, he's blonde in the, like, you know, human version of mm-hmm. him. And in the comics, he looks like Peter Parker from like 1960s and 70s. Um, it's a weird detail, but like you said, like, I, I don't get why they did that. Uh, yeah, I really like, I know they're using it so that he'll have a tool and a mentor since his Spider-Man is now... Gone? Yeah. Um, but... It just the the way that that works, right. and I, like, I think the idea is like don't question it, and I'm just like, but, but I can't help but question well, it, especially because there's a number of other opportunities for Miles to learn the Peter Parker lessons mm-hmm. that make that comic idea and right. bookend redundant. Yeah, like now he knows who Aunt May is. He can learn Peter's lessons from Aunt May. Yeah, he meets literal Peter Parker. He can learn his lessons from him. Yeah, uh, but like there's other opportunities and avenues right. for Miles to learn from Peter Parker without like reading about them in a comic book that would mm-hmm. give away his secret identity in the universe that he lives in. Yeah, and I mean he is a you know he, yes he's he's a little like he draws and stuff like that. So like maybe there's the connection to that, but he's yeah. also like. He's a kid, so I'm kind of surprised he wasn't, like, going to, like, their universe version of YouTube and, like, right. watching videos of, like, people had recorded up Spider-Man, like, saying lessons or doing whatever. Right? That actually would have been really funny to see Miles watching videos of Spider-Man. Because you you could definitely make a couple of really great joke moments where Peter, you know, rescues somebody and says, like, great power, great responsibility, kiddos. You know, like, yeah. just... just uncomfortably mentions all of his lessons in there. Yeah. It's like my uncle always said, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. I'm shocked that they didn't do that. Yeah, that just kind of threw me off. I didn't mean to um, take us off the voice actor trail because I know there's at least one on here I definitely want to talk about. Yes, we need to talk about it. Uh, that's Leif Shriver as yeah. uh, Wilson Fisk. 
I hated it. Was not a fan of it myself. No, he and I. Okay, Wilson Fisk, New Yorker. We're gonna do a New York voice, and it's very, it's very Italian New Yorker. Yes. It's a very much a mobster voice yep. Yep. that you would have expected to hear from like a Goodfellas movie. And it's not the voice that anyone anywhere has ever given Wilson Fisk in any incarnation of his character. And in no way does it work for his character. Furthermore, I also am going to go a little step further and say his design was awful. Yeah, okay. I get they want to make him big. (laughs) It just drew a big stupid square around a head. Yeah, and like, so here's the thing. I think unanimated that that would be an incredible image because he is a wall of a man bill sinkovich has drawn yes Pinkin like and that. so like i think it really works not animated but when he is animated and he's and he turns and he turns and he's also yeah but he's also in a world of people who while being animated and stylized are not that stylized <laughs> they don't look like that so it's almost as though they're saying like he came from a different dimension right but that's where everyone's shapes <laughs> like it's weird it was a weird yeah. choice he is imposing and scary oh, and a bad guy and he's well-rounded and i liked that yeah and again had you just seen a a, a straight up just on a piece of paper image of Miles in that animation style facing this, like... The wall of a man that is Wilson like, Fisk. That's an incredible image. Yes, but then to continue it and, like, have him, like, go to dinner parties as a giant, like, square... Yeah, like, how just does doesn't... he get into cars? Like, right, how does and, he like, do I anything? know that it's, like, an animated movie, but, like, the animated movie has rules no, that it needs it to does. follow, and so if I'm expected to live in that universe in my head for about two hours, yeah. I need to, like, buy the rules, and the comic and Wilson Fisk just don't work. No, um, yeah. But uh, that being said, I thought it was cool they made it Wilson Fisk. It was fun that they threw out uh, Ultimate Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, a couple of neat... Choices, oh, female uh, I was going to say, I really liked that character, because yeah. it actually kind of caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, totally. And I do love that um, moment when, like, Miles and Peter are breaking in. Oh, my God. And Peter B. Parker assumes the scientist, yep. and, like, Miles is like, it's her. Oh, well, looks like I have to... Uh, Re-evaluate. My, was, my, yeah, my... Like, this is, like, that was the sort of, like witty dialogue that i liked from like that kind of second right. or like second arc of the movie yeah um, exactly just like yeah all right cool like i love miles like undercutting him in that sense without really undercutting him well it's yeah exactly but uh and, like miles being like we gotta t- <laughs> i'm gonna take the whole we'll thing take the whole thing well good news we don't need the monitor right exactly really like, really great stuff miles problem solving i love it it um, was really good but yeah when she turns out to be doc ock it was, was a really like, big surprise. Great. That legitimately surprised me. It really did. And, like, she is, like, really, like, truly villainous. Oh, yeah. Like, I really, like, enjoyed it. And I, and I kind of liked her design. Yeah, me too. With, like, those creepy, like, organic-looking... They looked like, um... They looked like they inflated. They looked like they inflated, or they were made out of some sort of, like... Like, jelly, almost? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it was kind of cool, because of how, like, unexpected it was. Yeah, they remind me a little bit of, like, snake skin or something. Just kind of, this kind of, like, organic feeling, yeah. like, inflatable arm. I yeah. loved it. Um, she And she also did a really good job just portraying the character. She did. Uh, Catherine Hahn did yeah. a really nice job Very with nice that. Very nice job. Um, I, I was surprised that it was, like, oh, really cool. Good mm-hmm. job. And, of course, like, she has a name that, that reflected it. Yeah, Olivia. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right? Great. Yeah. Um... <laughs> There was also another voice that appeared in this movie that I forgot was in it because oh he recorded it ahead of time. Yeah, and it was a punch in the, the gut. It was a total punch in the gut. And also, like, it, it, okay, so Marvel movies, in the MCU at least, mm-hmm. they do this thing where if you are, like, experiencing some kind of, like, real emotional, like, moment, yeah. someone is going to undercut it with a joke so yeah. that it doesn't hurt quite so bad or yeah. doesn't 
affect you quite as much. And sometimes it's welcome and sometimes it's just kind of like out of left field and inappropriate. Yeah. This was uh, one of those moments where you're like, they didn't know it was going to hit you because yeah. they didn't they know, didn't know he was going to pass then. Yeah. Uh, but Stanley appears as like a cost- as a convenience store clerk who runs a, I don't know if it's a costume shop. I or, think it's a costume shop. But he runs a costume shop, which Miles gets a Spider-Man costume and uh, Stan plays this costume shop clerk. Yeah. And it's like, it really hits you when you know that he's gone. Right. And also because they, they do a caricature of him yep. essentially. So it is him yeah that you're seeing and because you know that like they're making a movie and they're just like oh stan play this character yeah they give him like a bit of business to do that allows him to be funny and undercut the feeling of like sadness you felt about losing him yeah without it feeling like they were doing it as a kind of like trick yeah you know what i mean like unlike a marvel movie where they're like okay you're like i know that you're gonna feel bad but we don't want anybody to feel too bad during Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So we're just going to hit you with a little joke. With Stan Lee, it was like, it's sad that he's gone, mm-hmm. but his little like punchline at the end of his sequence, I'm like... He doesn't even say it. No, it's so good. It's so perfect. But it, like, you you feel okay laughing, is my point. Like, you it's do. Earned. Because like, you're, you're already starting to tear up. Yeah. Like, and, then, <laughs> so. and, then you, and then you're like, oh, that's really funny, actually. Yeah. So I really like it. Yeah. Um, overall, the voice casting in this movie is stellar. If you have a cast of thousands and the and like three of them aren't great you're still in the average of an a and yeah. i say this movie really only the only one that made me go like i really don't like that voice yeah. was kingpin right and that was it like that was it i think I, like everyone else did such a great job yeah lily such tomlin for me i was like that's lily tomlin but i, I would ign- i deliberately ignored it because i was like this is fine i'm enjoying yeah. it and she says like so few things. Like I was like I was like maybe it's not. And I was trying to like listen for it. Yeah. And because she only has like eight lines, it yeah. really didn't. There was enough time. Yeah. And it, I know we didn't. Me- we mentioned Miles' dad. But we didn't talk about oh, um, yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, and um, he is. It's great. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Like he plays a great father. Yes. I mean, like just so incredible. Hit this guy's range. No. Oh, yeah. Because like not only can he embarrass Miles hundred percent. I mean, like. Above and beyond, I've ever seen anybody embarrass mm-hmm. their child. Yeah. Um, but when he comes and they have that conversation through the door, the door yeah. like, that man, like, was able to convey so much emotion with it, just his voice. Yeah. Like, just so well done. Yeah. So I, well I done. Ha- having an entirely one-sided conversation. Right. Exactly. No, he... So incredible. Yeah. It's... He did a great job. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to talk about him too much, but, like, yeah. just, just overall, just, like, he... And I was, it's funny, because I remember that sequence of him and Miles in the car mm-hmm. has been in every piece of promotional material for the movie. So I was like, I was worried I that that was going to be it. his... Oh, really? Yeah. It was. I was like, this is good. <laughs> That's what sold me on the movie. Yeah. That sequence, just alone. They yeah. released that scene, and I'm like, I'm in. Because <laughs> I also love Miles and his dad, and I like Jefferson Davis as a character. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, I think that I was worried he might steal the show. And he doesn't. He plays a role, he occupies a space, and he does his job, and he services the story. And that's, overall, one of the strongest things about the movie, despite the fact that, like, the voice casting is so pitch perfect. um, The story is also engaging Mm -hmm. and fun. Yeah. And also, like, hard-hitting, and it means something. There's There's a lesson... But it also doesn't feel overblown or bloated. Right. It doesn't feel like there's too much going on, despite the fact there's, like, four or five spider people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? 
so I, I think overall, number one, movie's a success. Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that, like, it's already got rave reviews. Right. Everyone's going to see it. Right. It's doing great. Um, it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I have one concern. Okay. I also have a similar concern. Do you? Yes, I do. Do you know what my concern is? I don't, but I yeah. assume I know what it is, so let's hear it. What? Oh, okay. My concern is, based on, like, I started, like, kind of reading through uh, critics' yes. uh, reviews of this movie. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of, like, you know, like, you know, like, oh, I know you have superhero fatigue, but, like, this movie's really great, or, like, this is the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Right. My concern is that critics are going to convince a non-comic book reading audience that this movie, because it's animated, is for kids, and that's why it's successful, and that's why it's good, and, like, it won't be taken as seriously as it should and mm. can be. Okay. Um just because of, like, the way people interpret that kind of information. Yeah. Like, ooh, you know, like, Spider-Man did really well because it was aimed at kids. Right. So superheroes are for kids. Don't do things seriously. And it's like, that, like, because the average, like, movie-going audience may not understand that, like, comics can be serious. Yeah. And it's okay. And it's okay for them to be for kids and for adults and, like... Right. You know, like, it's not successful because it's animated. It's successful because it was done well. Right. And the animation just happens to be really lovely. Yes. Um, right. And it also happens to appeal to a wide range of age ranges. Yeah. So, yeah. that's great. Um, for me, my concern is, because I'm not concerned about that too much. At least I'm not concerned about Sony learning that lesson. I'm, no, no. I'm because, afraid that the average Oh, no, I agree. But viewer. like, But if, but if, like, if Venom hadn't done well... Then Sony would be like, oh, we're only going to make animated movies and we're only going to make them for That's kids. That's true. But because Venom did do well and it was geared towards adults, mm-hmm. they know now that they can do, that it really, right. they can do and, anything. And Sony can do what they want, but I'm just like, I guess I get a little tired of critics being so harsh on what they quote unquote call the superhero genre and being tired of it. I'm just like, I'm sorry. How come nobody's ever tired of like the rom-com yeah. or like the historical drama? Like, right. Like no one's like, Oh, there's too many history stories or movies in this, in like this year, you know, like nobody cares. Like, it's not about that. It's yeah. about like wa- wanting good stories and enjoying the, the yeah, experience. And, and you shouldn't care where they come from or like, you know, right. if that person wears tights, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and like, no, I'm just worried that like, this is going to inflate that critical argument. Big time. So anyway, yeah. My concern is that Sony having two successes off the back of Spider-Man <laughs> is going to think that they can do no wrong and they're going to milk this cow into oblivion. I'm worried that Sony's going to think they're too big for the britches. I think that Sony's going to try and like throw their weight around. I think they're going to try and like maybe usurp the uh, the, the the deal that they have with Disney and Spider-Man and maybe mm. try to screw things up for themselves and for everyone else around them. I'm worried because I know that Sony as a studio uh, learns the wrong lesson most of the time. Right. So anytime, because because they've always been chasing that, they've, they've been chasing it. They've been chasing this success, this franchise. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been trying to manufacture a franchise success since they got Spider-Man in 2002. That's true. So you can imagine that when they had the first hit on their hands with Venom, they're like, okay, okay, we can make uh, like an almost R-rated superhero movie we know we can do that but now they've done the other end of the spectrum Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like oh we're a viable studio again we can make anything we want as long as it has spider-man in it and they're gonna go nuts i'm really really worried about the internal insanity that's going on over there (laughs) and so like for me like i'm i'm hoping that that doesn't affect the inclusion of spider-man in the mcu Mm -hmm. i'm I'm really enjoying this this actual like interesting world we're living in where spider-man can be a really cool Sony franchise mm-hmm. and also be in the Marvel universe. Yeah. 
and like interact with characters we'd like to see him and interact if, with. And if Marvel wasn't owned by Disney, I'd be legitimately concerned. I'd be really concerned yeah. that they just pull him and be like, ah! But because Disney is like a powerhouse, mm-hmm. I'm not too concerned, but it does give me pause. So, mm. that being said, do you recommend Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Oh, I absolutely do. Like, As do I. Yeah, I, I think um, if somehow you don't know much about Spider-Man, this is a really fun movie. Or yeah. like, even if you don't know much about Miles, like, I think this does a good job encapsulating his character, Agreed. even though they definitely make some changes. Um, I still think it, it, it's a really fun movie. I agree. And with a lot of heart and like, again, like, yeah, it is for all ages, but like. But only in the best way. Yeah. The way that Roger Rabbit is for all ages. <laughs> like, once you say at a certain age, you'll get all the other jokes. Like, it's, it's really, yeah. it works. Mm-hmm. It works on every level and, uh, and I'm excited for the future. Yeah. Um, so there you have it, everybody. We just reviewed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We so we want to thank you all for hanging out with us and watching this review. And of course, check out the description below this video to go take advantage of our Audible uh, sponsorship because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's it's great for everybody. It Try is. it out. But uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys here on Comic Pop. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and click mm-hmm. the bell for notifications thereof. We'll see you guys next time with another episode. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Thanks for watching. Bye, guys. Hey, and they also didn't. Like overplay Genki. No, if you knew he, who they was, underplayed him. If you knew who he was, you knew who he was. I knew who he was. And yeah, that's they, it. they. I, I think they. I think they. That was almost to a detriment. But we needed Miles to be alone. Yes. Or, or to well, only be appealed to Spider people. Right, but now, like, he can go back yeah. in the sequel. Yeah, now we can get Genki. <laughs> and real Genki, not one of these not named Genkies. <laughs> right.